Maybe we should pull two to see like which like the wish and then the consequences of the wish. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. All right, you go first. Oh, what deck are you using? I'm oh, curious. I'm using the pocket rider weight. I just love that. I love oh, the, the teeny plasma. one. <laughs> yeah, it's I can't it's oh sh- I just dropped half of it, but yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that's so cute. Uh, so like I could just if I went by all the jumpers then I'd have like 20 so sorry guys no. <laughs> oh god that you could I could write my own novel based on that right <laughs> right what you wish for I'm gonna use the top card of the deck okay. if you encountered a magical box and it was gonna grant a wish your wish ooh, your wish would be the six of swords so accurate I am constantly wanting to visit other places Oh, yeah. And it's kind of uh, like some things have come to completion and mm. it, allow- it allows you to move forward. And so that would be your wish. And so and you and it's interesting, like you see that as like actual physical travel, right? Mm-hmm. Like Seeing new places. Is that for you like a, a, a process where like there's some stage that needs to be completed to allow you to do that? I think it's more of that kind of escaping thing, you know, where you need to escape from anytime I travel, it's for vacation purposes, pretty much just to kind of get away from the everyday and experience something other than American culture or maybe even just Tampa culture. My husband and I travel a lot. We've been to three countries in our marriage and like five or six states. Oh, that's great. And I know you love Tampa, so it's really oh, it's it's interesting to hear you like talk about also loving a chance to get out of that culture for a while. Yeah, one of my favorite places, even though we're talking about like books set in Scotland and Ireland, Ireland is honestly amazing and I would love to go back. Oh. Yes, Ireland is so great. I went for my birthday two years ago freaking yeah. phenomenal experience I sang in a pub it was pretty cool oh that's great I, I know a lot of those traditional Irish things and and they're just like I could see the people they were just like who's this like American girl and I sang like the traditional song and everybody's singing along and clapping it was so great <laughs> it's like the second greatest moment of my whole life other than my actual wedding seriously <laughs> Uh, okay, so I'm wishing to travel. What's the consequence? Or okay, the consequence. I, I decided to go with the shadow card, and I Ooh. and I have of the deck because you know consequences. <laughs> mm. I won't keep you waiting. It's the four of swords. Oh, resting, is, perfect. And you know what? Okay, it's so crazy. I was pre-shuffling my deck before we started this episode because I didn't want to spend like a ton of time shuffling while you know while I was, I was trying to do a reading. So I just did a little pre-shuffle. And this card, and I was thinking about the podcast, and this card, the four swords, fell out. And I was like, ha-ha, what if that comes up again in the, <laughs> in the podcast? Listen, like, the four of swords is one of my biggest stalker cards of all time. Cause so it was totally about you. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Traveling and then getting a good rest and relaxation out of it. That is hella accurate. Yay. That sounds That's like so that wouldn't make a novel, but maybe a cool travel writing piece. <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, my four eye tower just that. fell over and knocked everything to bits. Oh my god, <laughs> that's so weird. <laughs> Wait, what fell over? My fluorite tower, and it fell over oh. and knocked over both my lapis and my labradorite sphere. It's, they're all trying to go on vacation. <laughs> I would honestly take all three of them. The labradorite is my baby boy. 
Yeah. He <laughs> has flashies, but he's beautiful. Oh, cool. Yeah, he's not going to flash for you. I like round things. I'm not going to oh. lie. <laughs> you were talking about very sexy books, and now you're saying you like round things. I just, everything's going to be an innuendo here. Not like I said, I like giant rods. <laughs> well, let's see if some wands come up for you, Karen. <laughs> Right. right. Uh Oh, now it's my turn. Great. (laughs) I know. I know. Okay. So your wish. Oh, is the five of cups. Interesting. That is interesting. Five of cups. What would that, as far as your wish, your wish to kind of let go of some emotional attachments. What I always think about is interesting in the five of cups, every single version of it I've ever seen to date, three cups are standing and two are knocked over. I've never seen any other. So somebody else just pulled that for me like yesterday or the day before. (laughs) What was it then? The the interpretation was something about stop overthinking things and let yourself just open up to the universe. But it's interesting that that you pulled that because it's now stalking me officially, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess that would be, you know, what you said about just maybe a kind of release, letting go of certain emotional attachments that maybe are negative for sure. I mean, I think that you would wish for that. Uh, it seems yeah. like a logical wish considering some of the things you've been talking about on your YouTube channel lately. Wish you well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, shadow card. Oh, the Empress. Hey. So your consequence of the Empress. Oh, this is so cute. I don't know if you could see she's talking to this other little dragon in it. Yeah. He's like having a conversation. She's got like her bunch of flowers and is like laughing with this dragon friend, this white bearded dragon. It's so cute. Oh, and it's weird. It looks like she's got like a spider hanging from her wrist, which is the shelobe thing. You've turned it oh in. God. You've turned oh it into God. a talisman. <laughs> <laughs> that's right it's something that you wear casually but like it's it's definitely a release of some of that emotion because the water is also you can see the water is on the ground it's all yeah. spilled out like all the emotions are spilled out and instead it's just happiness and growth yeah so, that makes total sense i mean like yeah. the two of these together the five of cups and the empress letting go of the emotions your wish to let go of the emotions and the consequence would be like actually like growing and yeah having some happiness and mirth mirth yeah. is the word that i think of when i look at this card oh cool Absolutely. now is that a word do you think of that with every empress card or is it just the the no this dragon? one in particular because this one this empress is great because she's not sitting she's standing and she's conversing with a dragon and like she's not in her garden she's like wandering the forest she's going to actively pick flowers she's not like sitting surrounded by her greenhouse she's going around she does still look pregnant i don't think i've ever not seen a pregnant empress but she's definitely she's like out and about doing stuff she isn't like relaxing she's moving about she's like getting things done especially especially it speaks to because i feel like every time i pull a card for you your motherhood comes up (laughs) (laughs) it is interesting because i think too that those those subtle things i was talking to a client of mine and she was talking about how she was overburdened with this some grief from someone who passed away she said I don't want to show my son he's only two he doesn't understand and all he knows is that I'm sad it makes him sad and and that's so kids pick up on things so quickly yeah so I think that like letting go of some of that hurt will also like just oh yeah in terms of your motherhood just kind of like make things a little bit easier in general Oh yeah that's a good point 
Oh, good wishes. We have good wishes. Yeah. <laughs> this box is working very well, although it works very well in favor of the, the characters in the books as well. Yeah, it, it always takes them to some hot Highlander, so. <laughs> mm. Welcome to the Fabulous Fools Tarot Podcast. This is V with Mystical Millennial. And Karen with Grail Seekers Tarot Shop. It's time for another book club episode. How'd you come across yeah. the book series? Well, what is the book series first? It's the Highland Wishes book series by Jesse, J-E-S-S-I, Jesse Gage. And right now there's four books in this series, although I read on a blurb she wrote somewhere that she was planning on writing more. She has, and, two, she has two series out right now, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. One is more set in modern day, maybe. But I think it's about different. construction workers. <laughs> She's hitting all the all the bases, like Highland uh, historical Highlanders and killed and modern day construction workers. Hey, do you hear me complaining? With fantasy elements. <laughs> nice. Oh, I love her. Her website says engage with romance. It's adorable. Oh, that's cute. We're talking today about her first book in the series titled Wishing for a Highlander. We're going to talk and, some about the second episode, too, because I have a lot to say yeah. about that one. Book, <laughs> yeah. So you asked how I found it. I just troll Amazon endlessly. If Once I'm in a mood for something, I usually think, okay, what kind of book do I want to read? And then I just, you know, I, I look at Goodreads, I look at Amazon, and honestly, I was looking for Highlander time travel romance. <laughs> and I think there's a lot of books in that category, but I don't think that there are, at least as I was looking through them, a lot of them seem kind of too cliche. <laughs> I mean, Scotland is not that big. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that that's how I ended up picking this. And I found it just really readable. Like it was so enjoyable to read that I wanted to read the rest in the series. So I thought it was a nice read. So I actually did another Audible listen. I love Audible for lots of reasons, but one of the biggest reasons I love Audible, who is not sponsoring this episode, this is an honest opinion. <laughs> <laughs> but my husband and I have been doing Audible for like three years now, and we always buy extra credits. But Audible Escape is an, an add-on package, and I have listened okay. to so many romance series but I will say that the woman, Marion Hussey, who narrates Highland Wishes series, she's one of the best narrators I have ever heard. Her voices are on point. She gets all the accents right. It's it's perfectly subtle. I don't even recognize it as the same person. That's how good her voice changes are. Wow. They're fabulous. It's, it's incredibly distinct. And usually one of my biggest critiques, it's hard for a woman to do a man's voice. I, yeah. I know that, and I will not demonstrate here. <laughs> it is embarrassing. <laughs> We've all tried it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to try it. But she, Marion Hussey, did an amazing job, especially because in the first book, it's set in Scotland. And the second one is actually, I believe it's set in Ireland. And we'll talk about why in a little bit. But the accents between both the two female characters in books one and two and the two male characters in books one and two are totally different. If all four of them were having a conversation, they would you would know who was talking. I think that's interesting. Reading books set in a different country that has, 
you know, where they speak English, but have a very distinct accent. I mean, it occurs to me that that's a whole nother layer of richness that you get when you listen to an audiobook, because I'm just trying to imagine in my head as I read the Scottish accent. So, and I'm sure I'm completely butchering it in my mind. <laughs> or sometimes I get a little hasty and I just kind of rush through it and I don't really get to enjoy that aspect of it. But that's actually kind of a cool part of reading a book that that in Scotland is, you know, the accent component. It's great. So, so you picked these up and ran with them and you were finished with all four of them before I even got to the first one. Yeah. Once again, I will remind you, Karen promised me at the beginning of the inception of the Fabulous Fools book club that she did not read quickly. She's a liar in this aspect. I don't. I just stay up on night. I love you so much. You lied to me and I'll never forget you. <laughs> I'm the world's slowest reader, I swear to God. But I I just obsess. You know, I showed you my, my pen that says bookmarks are for quitters. <laughs> my favorite. I often fall asleep. I, I will read before bed and I will often fall asleep with the book like on my face. Oh, yeah. It's <laughs> my favorite way to fall asleep, honestly. <laughs> well, I was thinking, you know, it, this is kind of a more general uh, question, but it, st- it started to occur to me why lately have I been interested in time travel romance? Because I do, I go through this periodically, like every few years. One of my thoughts that I had was the nice thing about when you have a main character like the heroine who's from your time and place and travels back to this historical period, it's making more of a direct connection between the reader and the historical story. Because the main character is experiencing that world through the very same eyes that you would be experiencing it. And I think it makes it easier to kind of slip into the historical fiction that you're reading because you still have this modern day perspective. I just find it sometimes a little more reading friendly than just reading a completely historical fiction where everybody is from that time period. Yeah, I I really like that. And I think that's a device that's often used in any sort of narrative is having an outsider come in. Like in Mm -hmm. Friends, Rachel (sighs) is that outsider because they have all the rest of them, especially Ross and Monica, because they're brother and sister. They have all this history, and sometimes Rachel has to be like, oh, who's so-and-so? And then the audience gets clued in. Yeah, that's right. But it's it's a really terrific device because it's very seamless. Because the audience is like, what the hell's going on? And, and then one of the characters is like, what the hell's going on? Yeah, and I, you know, and it's, it's fun, too. Like, this fun mental activity when the heroine is presented with conflicts or problems or having to hide the fact that she's from a different century or people mm-hmm. not believing her. And it's so much more immediate for me as a reader to think, oh, what would I do in this situation? Mm-hmm. I can actually my brain starts wanting to try to problem solve that too. You know, what would I be doing? So it's this whole extra level of engagement when you don't have the time travel component. It's just not quite there in the same sort of immediate way. Jesse Gage does it really well because Melanie is the main character in the first one, Wishing for a Highlander. She is a museum curator in Charleston, South Carolina, which is personally one of my favorite places to go. And if you've never been to Charleston, get your butt up there and eat everything in sight because it's fantastic. (laughs) 
It's a beautiful place. And the architecture is gorgeous. There's tons of history there. I went to a church where George Washington prayed. That was cool as hell. Food there is insane, especially if you like raw oysters. Anyway, Charleston rant over. Char- seriously, go to Charleston. Love Charleston. I miss it. Anyway, yeah, I told you I love to travel. <laughs> anyway, so Melanie uh, is doing a Scottish historical exhibit for the museum and gets this box that once belonged to Andrew Carnegie and it's supposed to grant wishes and she laughingly makes a wish for a sexy Highlander to sweep her off her feet because her boyfriend just dumped her and left her alone pregnant. (sighs) Dick. (laughs) What was his name? Kevin? No, (laughs) Yeah, his name is Dick. (laughs) Anyway. She casually wishes for a Highlander, and then all of a sudden she she thinks she faints from, like, pregnancy blood pressure or something, and she's like, oh, look at me, I'm in Scotland, and she immediately is like, oh, I'm having a dream. She's not having a dream. She's in, like, it's like 15, 15, 14 or something. Yeah, it's the 1500s, I guess. Yeah. yeah. It was the most super fun intro to a story, because... I thought it was so cute. Yeah. I mean, you're just sitting there having this wish, this magical box. I mean, it's super fun. And then she gets thrown into, like, on the edge of a battle, like a a skirmish, I guess, between two small groups of fighters. She's instantly thrown into action right after that. And I I just thought it was this nice transition. and, And she's put into danger immediately. And she gets you know, almost literally thrown into the arms of this Highlander. <laughs> but he's also a really personable character. I mean, he doesn't, he avoid, yeah, he avoids. The sexy Highlander. <laughs> yeah, he's, you know, he's got some self-confidence issues. He's not just the overbearing, uber-masculine kind of character that I think you could so easily put into a book like that. He's he's much more interesting and engaging and fun to read. He's very sensitive. Someone basically destroyed the most vulnerable part of him when he was younger. This bitch, Anya, who becomes the char- main character in the second book, so she goes from bitch to amazing. <laughs> yeah, like, kudos to the author for taking that on, too, I think. No, that was crazy. We'll get to that in a minute. Dude, that was... <laughs> Uh, like unexpectedly fantastic yeah so Anya basically destroys Darcy by making fun of his penis (laughs) which is poor Darcy you just said the p word (laughs) I did say the p word but we've also said dick (laughs) why does that feel less profane (laughs) I don't because there are men named dick out there (laughs) like the boyfriend (laughs) the boyfriend named dick uh Previous President Richard Nixon went by Dick, but uh, he's not my favorite, so I think it's appropriate. Anyway, <laughs> no, the, but Anya made fun of poor Darcy, <laughs> and he's very sensitive about it, and literally thinks that he can't have sex with Melanie because he thinks he's too big. <laughs> it's so, it's the most like innocently cute thing and he didn't want to tell anybody he was afraid because he thought he would get made fun of so nobody ever told him like honey you're fine and melanie actually is really sweet about it their relationship is so sweet they're so supportive she's trying to get back home and he wants to get her back home and but they're like falling in love and melanie's like why are you not wanting to like have sex with me they get married actually is that a spoiler (laughs) I mean, I feel like the book is, 
you know, you know, it's going to be a happily ever after. Of so. It's not a romance if it's not. But I think, too, that one thing I liked about the book was there were just some funny parts, too, and Absolutely. parts that were really frustrating and didn't resolve themselves right away. Definitely kept me interested from beginning to end with the things that she had going on. Introduces some characters that show up in future stories. I enjoyed the book. I thought it was really cute. You haven't read it, but I read it a long time ago and it's very popular now a television series Outlander, which is a lady goes back in time to Scotland and falls in love with a Scotsman, Scottish guy. Scotsman? Scotsman. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, oh, this is going to be B Highlander, but, or Outlander, <laughs> B Outlander. But I was like, well, I'll give it a shot. And, and I, I liked it. And I thought I would continue because I am not a quitter. <laughs> I am halfway through the second book, which is The uh-huh. Wolf and the Highlander. And this follows Anya, who is the bitch from the first one in in more ways than one. She actually has a pretty prominent role. There are points where it follows her point of view. Um, It's written in third person, but it follows Anya's point of view a couple of times in the first book. Anya has been crippled in the second one, and she's like basically trying to turn her life around. And she comes across the magical box, and she doesn't make a wish out loud. She thinks a wish. She wishes for a home and then ends up basically a totally, totally completely different dimension. I liked that the writer did this. By the end of the first book, you end up just kind of seeing Anya as evil, good written. I mean, she has kind of a sympathetic ending to the first story. You do feel kind of bad for her because nobody deserves to have happened to her what happens to her Mm. in terms of an accident that she brought about on herself. But in this day and age where I think the world is discovering just how women, how negative our experience of the external world is, that it's not good enough anymore to just write books where there's some evil woman who is single faceted and has no depth to her, no reason to be sympathetic about her, her story. And I think, so the author takes this character and writes a whole book about her and basically redeems the character and kind of shows some reasons for her for her previous behavior, but also doesn't excuse it. I mean, this character, Anya, really ultimately feels very sorry for what she's done, you know, and makes up for that. And I, and I think it's nice to see, I feel like it felt like so much more of a modern sensibility, the way women are treated in that way by this writer. I think Anya absolutely represents the death card in the tarot so much and not the RWS version with the skeleton riding the horse, but it, so today I'm using the Celtic dragon tarot and in the Celtic dragon tarot, the death card, I think I've talked about it before on our podcast, but it stopped me in my tracks when I saw it because I was going through the deck the first time and it's so beautiful. It is a dragon in the moonlight shedding its skin and it looks like it's in complete agony, which is really fitting for Anya because she's, she's crippled. She has an accident. She's crippled. She can't walk properly. And it comes up a lot in the story in the second book. I don't think it's too much of a spoiler to say that even by the end of the four book series, you know, the author never magically fixes her disability. And I I really, 
actually respected that in the writer because that's awesome. I feel like most of us have people in our lives who have, I don't even like the word disability, but different abilities than the standard. I think when in a book you just magically make those go away, I, it's demeaning to people that that have those. It's like saying, well, we should all try to be standard way. And if only yeah. we could just get rid of our the things that make us different. And I actually saw this interview by the now retired soccer player, Tim Howard, who is the U.S. men's national team goalkeeper for years. And he has... Tourette's and OCD mm-hmm. and he literally became the poster child for people with those conditions literally one of the best goalkeepers in all of soccer history and, and I doubt many people would argue with me <laughs> mm-hmm. but, um, and he's a person of color and he in an interview said that those conditions were such a part of who he was that he didn't want I don't think I'm misremembering. It was years ago that I read this, but he didn't want, he wouldn't magically change them and make them go away. He was who he was in part because of those parts of himself. And so I really like that this writer left Anya with these changes that she'd experienced and they don't hold her back. Hmm, That's so nice. But again, I think it's really unusual to have a heroine in a romance novel like that. Usually they're perfect, young and beautiful and whatever, so smart. And so it's very refreshing to have a character like that in a story. That gets well, Melanie comes in to the relationship with Darcy, pregnant with another man's child. That's right. That's right. And he doesn't care at all. He doesn't. He doesn't. They just... I think at one point she refers to the kid's real father as the sperm donor. (laughs) It's sweet, but, but yeah, I mean, I mean, not that pregnancy is like a disability the way that Anya's thing is a disability, but it's just in the real world, people don't come into relationships perfect and squeaky clean. And right. You know, people come in with baggage. They come in with a lot of baggage. I came into my relationship with my husband digging myself out of a depressive hole, you know, We've talked about yeah. before. I've been diagnosed with depression and anxiety, and you know he he gets it at this point, which is great. But you know it was it was upsetting because I went into the relationship promising myself I wasn't going to do the things I normally do. When you when you're a manic depressive, you hurt yeah. people around you a lot because you just yeah. start screaming. It's like it's like super PMS. <laughs> <laughs> you just yeah. So I've hurt him in a lot of ways when I have an episode, but it's just he gets it. You know, when you find the right person, they don't give a crap about what your what your baggage is. They want to help you get through it. And I think yeah. that's something really beautiful in the books, especially with Anya and Riggs, her wolfman. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We haven't mentioned the entire time that, that she it's a wolfman that's the main character <laughs> in the second book. <laughs> but Riggs is very sweet. He's always wanting to, like carry Anya because she can't walk and her legs get swollen and he wants to rub her legs and like help her feel better and you know put her in cool water so she can you know reduce swelling and things like that yeah but now that I've brought it up we should talk about the wolf people (laughs) yeah the wolf people okay so this is something really interesting that I learned so the first book's obviously set in Scotland in the 1500s, you know, the whole layered systems and things like that. You know, there's hierarchies and royals and things like that, different clans, blah, blah, blah. So in this world, very briefly, it's mentioned that it's Aaron, 
which is Ireland, since the ancient name of Ireland. Um, I found out something, and they keep mentioning the goddess Danu, which I there's another series we'll absolutely cover at some point on the podcast. But uh, the goddess Danu is basically the goddess of Ireland, of the earth, and, and all things magical and fae, which in Irish I mean basically all the fairy people. Because yeah. Ireland is very magical. It basically just screams magic. If you've ever been there, all of it is, it, it makes sense, but it makes no sense. The way the, yeah. the landscape is, it's gorgeous. Can you tell I miss it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so pretty. Especially like Connemara area, just north of Galway. Ooh, Lord. The wind blows so hard, trees blow, trees grow at a diagonal. It's oh, insane. Wow. It's insane. But Danu is the goddess of basically the Isle of Ireland, which is called Erin. But I found something interesting. So there's an issue with... um. Uh, there's a population crisis in the book, and I found out that wolves are extinct in Ireland as of like the 1700s. There's no oh. wolves in Ireland, and there used to be, especially because this is like a realm of wolf people. They worship the goddess Danu, and you said that Danu kind of becomes a character in like the fourth book. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, oh interesting. And there's some, and I don't think the author ever like fully explained I feel like the the land of the wolf people is some kind of parallel universe to our universe it depends on what you how far you believe in all this magic junk (laughs) magic (laughs) wonderfulness it's not junk it's interesting that that's just now coming up so one of the things that was so unexpected because I think Whenever you read a book or watch a movie or television show, a piece of it kind of stays with you. And it was a very unexpected piece that stayed with me for this, the first book. So they accuse Melanie of being a witch because she has a weird accent and she just appeared out of nowhere by a Stonehenge, which is where weird things are supposed to happen. So they're calling her a witch. They're accusing her of being a witch. They're literally beating her up and like going to burn her at the stake. And I'm just like, hey, I take offense to that. And they're just like, witches are evil. And I was just like, oh, well, oh, I guess I identify as a witch now. (laughs) It was so odd. And like right after reading that part of the book, I was saying, oh, yeah, I'm a witch, like magical and I'm a witch. And there's still a stigma about it. So I have to be careful around, you know, in public places where I'm just like, I'm a witch. (laughs) Not that anybody's going to burn me to the stake, but. Yeah, but, but people but it, in the community know, you know, I think they know basically what you mean, you know. Yeah. Well, and everybody, because I was making a joke when I did my la- one of the last markets and it rained and it was raining in my tent. And I said, oh, I'm a swamp witch, which yeah. it's Florida, of course, I'm a swamp witch. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's just interesting that it wasn't something I ever felt like I needed to identify myself as a witch. Yeah, but, yeah. Because there's all different kinds of witches. There are witches... Like I was talking to somebody and they said, oh, yeah, my aunt says she's a witch and she puts spells in corners of her house and does spells against people. And I was like, oh, no, I'm like Glenda, the good witch. (laughs) (laughs) But witches can be witches can be good. They can be bad, too. So but it's just when people don't understand. But I always I always explain to people because I have to explain to people all the time, you know, how tarot works, because they always want to know and they're very curious and you know, how, how candle magic works and wax melting and crystals. And it's, mm-hmm. it's a lot, but it, it was just funny. Cause I was just like, Oh, 
I I guess I'm identifying as a witch because I'm upset that they were calling this woman a witch in this fictional time traveling Highlander story. <laughs> but it's very magical. Obviously, it's magical if it has to be time travel. You know, the time travel aspects I thought were kind of interesting because I don't think I'd ever attempt to write time travel because either you have to go with some kind of pseudo scientific explanation that's going to be reasonable to people or you have to use magic in the story. Even though it's magic and theoretically you could just make up whatever you want, I think readers are really savvy about that too. You can't just just have magic happen and okay, then that solves my problem and I just have people time traveling. You have to be careful about that too. But something so so charming about this mysterious box that's beautiful. You know, that that actually it was really simple. But sometimes the box is sort of out of people's control. It's not like it's something that they can manipulate. I thought she just did it very simply and nicely. And it had that, you know, that element of mystery and engagement. And it was just charming and fun. And it was almost like a a background character in and of itself. You know, for a while it gets lost. And Mm -hmm. when is it going to show up and and affect the storyline or create problems for someone or whisk them away without them? planning on it I liked how she did that with the like how she handled the time travel aspect because <laughs> it's not it doesn't work all the time Melanie tries to go find the box at one point and she has the box and is like I can't figure out how to get it to work because like that's not how magical things work like it's pretty damn permanent yeah there's a consequence and that's how real magic works too like the the kind of simple magic that we do today with candles or you know tarot cards, whatever, whatever have you, like there's magic in decision making and mantras and all this sort of thing. Like there's lots of everyday things that we do that are magical, but Mm -hmm. we can't reverse them. You know, you can't just because you make a choice between two things, you can't undo the choice. Yeah, that's really interesting. You know, I get on the Instagram feed, I read, you know, what other people write about it, but I don't, I don't know much about it myself. But the idea that you know, we always have some personal power in the fact that we make decisions. Mm-hmm. And those decisions bring actually bring about realities because we've made that choice. Right. And so making those choices with clear intention and then acting on that, even when you feel you're most powerless, whatever your situation is, that you still have the ability to control how you perceive the situation, how you calm yourself, how you move forward, that even when you feel like everything else is out of your control, that that internal power that you have to make decisions and control the responses of your mind and things like that is so, so important, even for Things like stress management and goal setting and, and stuff like that, or even just taking responsibility for your actions or your choices, you know, that, that that's all part of the, the whole piece of it. Like maybe that's the judgment part too, right? We just had an episode on the judgment card, just accepting the consequences of the choices that you've made. But there's power in that too, right? That you're owning that. I guess the whole Anya book is about that, really. Kind of weave our way back, you know, back to the book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyway, I think that stuff is really fascinating. Magic and uh, all of things. Yeah, I think whenever we do a Highlander romance, we should have a, a five-kilt rating. <laughs> <laughs> 
And so I'm going to ask my tarot deck what it thought about this book. <laughs> oh my! And God. then we'll and then okay, this like is I've got the a most bizarre way to pull cards ever, but I love it. Oh my God! Is that the death? You pulled the death card. Wait, didn't you just talk about the death card? <laughs> well, how many? Our only tarot association to either of these books. <laughs> It agrees with me. How many how many kills is the death card? <laughs> uh, Thirteen. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> That's extra. That's way more than five. So you should read this book. <laughs> yeah. Read read the book. Let us know what you think and if you think the death card applies. Like that's the thing about making decisions. Once you make the decision, you die to your old way of life. Oh my gosh. That Boom, is full circle. Sweet. I did it. I think we're giving this a five kilt rating. <laughs> five kilt rating. All right, all right, here we go. I'm going to pull one, too. All right, and this is the Celtic Dragon deck. I'm going to use my left hand. I always use my left hand. If I don't use my left hand, it's not valid. Oh, I got the King of Pentacles. That's so funny. That's what I was going to say. Oh, no, I was going to say Darcy was like the Knight of Pentacles. He's just so, so persistent. It's your Darcy. Didn't I say he was the Knight of Pentacles in our Knights episode? He said he was the Knight of Cups, I think. Ah. Yes, because I freaked out because I thought that was so... Because I've always thought he was a Scorpio. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. It's not going to be very long before we do Jane Austen. <laughs> we, oh, that's right. That's, that's our right. Other, our other third thing is either Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, or Jane Austen. <laughs> no, we didn't talk about Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings this time. Whoa, new record. Anyway, King of Pentacles. Okay. So, King of, no. King of Pentacles, uh, yeah, like, in a very material way, fulfilling, kind of fulfilling a destiny. I mean, it's not the last pip of the pentacles, but it's technically the last card of that suit. And this is really cute because the king is, like, standing next to his throne, looking very triumphant, and then his sweet little dragon's, like, taking a nap. Like, I don't need to fight anybody. I'm good. I think if you look at the character Darcy in the first book, I mean, he's kind of the king of pentacles. I mean, he offers her a home. Yeah. And stability and care. You know, all of those things. You know, he's definitely sort of master of himself in that way, too. He does a lot of growing. Mm -hmm. It allows him to be the hero that brings about all of the happy endings, I suppose. Or to save her, I guess. Yeah, he's very persistent in saving, trying to save her. Not save her, I guess. Yeah. Send her home and then eventually... You know, then he's like, okay, well, if I'm going to keep her, then I'm definitely going to make it make it worth her while. Yeah. So I, I definitely feel like if you're looking for a fun read that, you know, just, just something that's fun and charming and gives you a happily ever after, this is the series to get started on. I really enjoyed it. It's fun. And like I said, with the Audible version, fantastic. If you have Audible, go ahead and do it. And the Audible Escape Package, it's like $7 a month add-on to your regular Audible membership. And you can just listen to as many romance novels as you can consume, which it's insane. Like I listened to this this series, four books. Like if you're listening to one a week, it's absolutely worth the mon- the extra money. So yeah. And like I said, Audible is definitely not sponsoring this, but I lo- I really, truly do love Audible. I'm so interested now. I haven't listened to an audiobook in forever. So. Maybe it'll slow you down a little bit. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I'm the person that needs to like read and listen at the same time. So. <laughs> oh, no way. Because I'll like be in the car listening or I'll be knitting and listening, walking the dog, anything that I like, anything where I can't like physically sit down with the book. Uh-huh. very very often for me yeah I feel like I couldn't do that <laughs> well you usually have your kids in the car with you when you're driving about don't you that's yeah no yeah, that's, you can't do that no 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 <laughs> right. no not with the p-word flying around 
<laughs> I don't know. I think cock is the dirtiest of them all. <laughs> yeah, agree. <laughs> Dirty word. Okay, what a good way to end the podcast. Right. On that note. <laughs> oh, holy. Oh, golly. We have an official Instagram, Fabulous Fools Tarot, where you can see all the pictures of the cards that we pulled today. And just she doesn't fun. really have an Instagram, but she does have a great website. Um, oh, it's really what's really cool too. Her books have been translated into German. Oh. I don't know what the significance of it is that for her personally, but I think that's pretty damn cool for an indie author to have her book already published in another language. Because the last one, I think she wrote the first one in 2012, and the last one came out in 2018. Okay. They're, they're all been translated into German. That's so cool. Good job, Jesse Gage. Congratulations, girl. I guess Germans also like time travel Highlander romance <laughs> with Wolfmen. <laughs> And Irish <laughs> goddesses. What's not to love? <laughs> you know, we encourage people to comment on the Instagram if they've read mm. the book. It's it's a new Instagram, so we definitely are looking for audience engagement. Yes. We are going to see if, like, a, a forum chat sort of a thing or a Facebook group maybe would be mm-hmm. feasible, but it's going to be a little difficult to run right now. So we'll be talking to you guys and see if that's something that you want because that'll be really fun. Um, We also want to start having guests come on for books because um, eventually we'll run out of our organic ideas and we'll want suggestions. Um, And it would be great to have you guys come on and chat with us about the book a little bit. Happy Valentine's Day. Yeah. That's when this is going to come out. Really, <laughs> 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 We're recording this like before New Year's and it's going to come out and like at Valentine's Day. Yeah, that's all right. We got to We got to We're time traveling. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, you're so right. Five kills to us. <laughs> Five kills to us. <laughs> oh my god all right you're at grail seekers tarot shop grail like the holy grail and i am at mystical millennial um oh karen's on youtube as well so not yeah. only uh instagram but also youtube i am just on instagram and thank you guys for listening and your engagement we love you happy valentine's day new year's no it's not damn it <laughs> i'm at hey. we're done <laughs> Chinese New Year. <laughs> Happy Chinese. All right. <laughs> Bye, you guys.